The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Okay, it's uh, 3.05 on this Monday edition of 630 Chad Afternoons. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for all of your texts as well over the past uh, hour. If, uh, one thing is uh, for certain is that uh, we can't agree on anything when it comes to, uh, to to masks. Although, I mean, compliance in the city has been about 80%, so keep up uh, that good work. So, you know, of course, the Oilers entered uh, Edmonton's uh, hub with the hope of a deep playoff run, but that dream was dashed on Friday night at the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, the Oilers were punted out of the qualifying rounds when the Blackhawks uh, won 3-2. Uh, the disappointment, palpable right uh, around the community, right around the province. Jack Michaels, your voice of the Edmonton Oilers, checking in this afternoon. Hey, Jack. Hi, Jaylen. Wish we were chatting under different circumstances. I was fully expecting this to be a first-round preview, but that's not the way it turned out. Yeah, me too, and that's what I was uh, certainly uh, wishing for, but it was short and sweet. I mean, where's your head at with what happened? Well, it's, you know, it's one of those situations, Jaylen, where it's hard not to look at, you know, the pedigree of the core players on each team and determine that, you know, one club still has enough remnants from its championship past to figure out a way uh, to win, which what was kind of a, a sloppy series at times. And there's another core that's still learning those lessons. And this Uh will be a major one for sure. I think uh, when you look at the series and you look at all the chances Edmonton had uh, to win, particularly games three and four, uh, a 3-2 lead with six minutes to go in in game three and a a 2-2 tie with a five-minute major in the league's best power play on the ice. Uh, in the second period of game four, I, I think given those situations during the regular season, you would have taken Edmonton. The Oilers lost only one game when leading after two periods this year during the regular season. And as I mentioned, had the best power play we've seen in the league since 1979. And yet it didn't happen for them. And they weren't yeah. able to capitalize on those opportunities. And Chicago with a couple of deflections, bang, bang, at the end of game three. And, uh, you know, one lost battle along the end boards in game four. And wouldn't you know it, it's Jonathan Taves who makes the championship, you know, <laughs> who makes the kind of play that he's, that he's been known for in, in, in route to winning a couple of U.S. or a couple of Canada Olympic golds and a couple of uh, Stanley Cups, three to be exact. So those are championship plays. Chicago made just enough of them. And Edmonton didn't make it didn't make those kind of plays. Didn't make them all serious, Jalen, and ultimately uh, that's why we're talking in the same kind of tone, uh, desultory tone that we we've uh-huh. been talking Oilers hockey, you and I, for for the last several years. It's a, a very disappointing loss. Well, I was just going to, you know, I was going to say, I mean, you this what since 2006 the Oilers have made the playoffs once. That was in 2017. Am I right on that one? Correct, correct. Because this right, technically like, was a was a qualifier series that right. won't be necessarily counted as a playoff appearance. So you know, what the, what what the heck is going on? We've been we've been hearing and talking about for years about uh, you know about a, a rebuild, and I mean things were looking good before before the season ended. Was it the time off? Was it as you said, you know, different core groups of players? Some maybe have a bit of experience more. Uh, in a situation like this or were they not ready to get in there and and do it well 
I think anytime you lose a series, even a short series, there's a confluence of factors. It's not just one thing. I certainly don't think Chicago uh, would have been the easiest draw. You know, Edmonton was one of the teams that voted to return to play, even though it was perhaps hurt more so than any other team in the league by the 2014 uh, format. Meaning that, Jay Lynn, uh, you know, under normal circumstances, the Oilers would have had home ice advantage in the first round. If, the, if they just ended the season and played as it lies, that would have been the, the format. And the Oilers were the only team to, you know, have home ice under that scenario yeah. that ended up having to, pl- you know, ha- play a play-in series. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of misfortune in both the way the format worked and then the opponents mm-hmm. that lined up against them. But fortune and bad luck, you could only lean on that so often before it just, you know, starts sounding like a tired excuse. Uh, the cold reality is they didn't get enough saves. Uh, they didn't have as lopsided an advantage in special teams as one would have thought uh, heading into this series. I mean, not only was the power play good, Jay Lynn, as I said, historically good, but the penalty kill was ranked second in the league. So the yeah. combined special teams power play penalty kill was the best the league had seen since 1978. And yet, in the series, the Oilers took more penalties than Chicago did right up until uh, the latter stages of Game 4. And, and you know, first of all, allowed a, a 28th-ranked power play to score three times against them in Game 1. And, you know... Went 0 for 5 when the chips were on the line in in game 4 on their own power play. So they didn't maximize that advantage. They still had a slight advantage, but they didn't maximize it. And Mm. Chicago's goaltender stole a game, and Edmonton's goaltender did not at any point in the series. So when Corey Crawford had to be good for the Hawks, he was. And that was the whole scenario. This was a complete, like... uh, Jalen, I, I would analyze this series as literally decided by seven or eight small moments. And Chicago won all of those moments. You know, it, in other words, Edmonton just didn't make a big play when it needed to be made. And Chicago invariably did. And that's why I say sometimes uh, it's the draw that gets you and, and the draw meaning you know, six players in Chicago's lineup with a combined 15 Stanley Cups. They all contributed at one point or another. Brandon Sada, the goal and an assist in game one, that was key. Jonathan Taves, we already talked about, scored four times at two two-goal games and assisted on the game-winning goal that won the series. Corey Crawford stole the one game he needed to. Patrick Kane was basically good throughout the series, and Ole Mata, who had won his Cups in Pittsburgh, had two goals and two assists, which matched the entire production from the Oilers' back end all series. So ultimately, you add those things up, Jalen, and in a series defined by small margins, Chicago is on the plus side of those little margins each and every time. Uh, Jack, moving forward, um, I mean, I'm seeing, you know, all sorts of uh, armchair co- coaches out there suggesting uh, their thoughts on what's, on what's needed. I mean, you watch this team closer than anybody. What's needed um, next year? Well, I think they're going to take a look at the goaltending candidate. It wasn't good enough when it needed to be against Chicago. It was during the regular season. The others were middle of the pack uh, in terms of its overall goaltending performance. And we have the kind of special teams it did. You know, that's, that's a good enough combination. But in the playoffs, 
it, it wasn't good enough. The, the goaltending wasn't good enough. They didn't they didn't steal a game. When you're in a tight series against a good team, you need your goaltender to win you a game. Chicago's did, Edmonton's didn't. I think they'll take a look at that tandem and, and see what tweaks can be made. Uh, I think you're going to see a transition on defense. I think there's going to be some younger bodies moving in. I'm not saying that you know young draft picks like Philip Roberg and Evan Bouchard are going to play right away for the Oilers, but they're going to have a chance to compete for a job. I think Caleb Jones is going to take his rightful place in the top six as the Oilers look to get a little younger and a little more mobile on defense. Up front, you know, and again, we're all we're talking about this in a salary cap world. And Jalen, I know you don't, you don't pay a ton of attention, nor do I, nope. quite frankly. But I'm sure you've heard it's going to be kind of a flat cap while the yeah. NHL continues to recover financially from the pandemic. So there's not a lot of salary caps salary cap space for Ken Holland to make a whole lot of breathtaking moves. But I do think he'll he'll continue his search for, you know, perhaps a depth center ice uh, center, you know, ideally a right shot that, that can skate a little bit. This game is predicated on speed, and I think the Oilers w- w- will look for, you know, someone along those lines, someone, you know, in the bottom six to maybe, uh, you know, jumpstart a little more offense and a little more speed on the wings would be my, you know, in other words, a couple more guys like a Josh Archibald. That was a real good addition for the Oilers. Uh, they've got Haas, they've got Nygaard. I think they'll look to add one or two more along that line and preferably a guy who can play a little bit center. And who knows? Tonight there's another lottery, Jalen, so hope <laughs> man, man. eternal. Man, oh man, I can just see the rest of the country if uh, if uh, Edmonton gets, <laughs> gets that Well, day. think about this. There's a 50% chance tonight <laughs> that either the number one market in the league, New York City, the Rangers, will get Lafreniere. There's, or you've got the Penguins, the Oilers, I mean, you know, there's some there's some really good hockey teams in this in this lottery, and it, it could be and and of course the Leafs, uh, because we all know the world is centered around mm. Toronto, and that was the one uh, <laughs> that was the one saving grace last night of seeing the Leafs depart. But in any event, um, by the way, that's the only grammatically incorrect uh, team in professional sports. Did you know that, Jalen? How so? Toronto Maple Leafs. The plural of leaf is leaves. That's right, yeah. So, hey, there you I've go. got a grammatically incorrect first name, so I'm not. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hey, Jackie, but yours, <laughs> yours is intriguing though, because no one really knows whether it's J A Y, whether it's J apostrophe, whether it's J dash. I mean, there's all these little intriguing mysteries. Everyone knows how Leafs is spelled, and everyone knows that's grammatically incorrect. But bottom line is, it should be an interesting lottery tonight. Uh, you know, and again. I understand it's it's frustrating for the fans. It's it's frustrating, quite frankly, for me. But there were there was a lot of improvement this year. I mean, the Oilers were just a much better hockey club. They were, you know, a top seven or eight team for the bulk of the regular season. Now, does that, you know, does it give them an excuse for losing a first round series to Chicago? No, but it is ultimately. Uh, the large sample size that I think people will eventually look at and say, all right, we laid the foundation for something to come. Uh, I didn't get it done here in this in this first crack at it with this group, but maybe there are better days that lie ahead. And I would say if you look at the 71-game sample, 
rather than the four-game sample, mm. uh, you're going to feel better about yourself. Before I let you go, um, your uh, your last tweet um, on your on your Twitter feed um, from after the game says, I'm always sad when the season ends. I'm lucky enough to really enjoy my job, and now I'm not sure when I'll be able to do it again for obvious reasons. So in the meantime, continue to stay safe and hope that a new season arrives sooner rather than later. Thanks for listening. Um, what's, uh, what's on tap for you now until we know when or not if when a new season is going to start well like the rest of us i'm i'm waiting to find out i'm i'm hopeful that you know a rumored starting date around the first of december is is where we're going to end up or or maybe shortly after u.s thanksgiving uh i i i think there's reason for hope in that regard in the sense that the american hockey league has already announced its season is starting december the 4th so it's logical the nhl season would begin you know plus or minus a week around that time but there's also some disturbing news from the states today where it sounds like the big 10 conference a conference that has big schools like michigan and ohio state are are canceling its fall football season and, and quite frankly uh, some of the things that you know all of us who live in canada are dependent upon is is the united states getting its act in order mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if it doesn't I'm not sure that December 1 rumored, you know, starting time or roughly thereabouts is is going to be realistic. It's a it's a moving date right now. And I think the league has been very smart not to announce a a definitive date because they're well aware of that situation as well, because ultimately the goal is safety for everyone involved. And if you can't guarantee that, there's no point in announcing a starting date. So that's why I phrased the tweet uh, the way I did. I don't want to be negative Nelly any more than the next guy. Uh, But I'm also realistic, you know, enough to realize that there are bigger problems than just worrying about when the next National Hockey League season is starting. Yeah. Jack, I always appreciate you making uh, time uh, for this show to, to chat hockey or whatever it is that we're chatting about. And I, I hope that we get to talk again before the start of the upcoming NHL season, whenever that is. Thank you always for, for being available and, and always being great to chat with. Well, I'm usually a little bit more bouncy, Jalen. I feel like I was kind of a Debbie Downer today, so please excuse me. But I'm, I'm like a lot of Edmontonians right now. I'm, I'm still a little stunned that the season is over. It is not what I anticipated. No, not at all. All right. Uh, thanks, Jack. Have fun on the golf course. <laughs> Cheers, Jalen. <laughs> Bye, my friend. Jack Michaels joining us this afternoon. Of course, he is your play-by-play voice uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, disappointed as well as what happened on Friday night.